Hey, you don't understand business. All right, on today's uh, podcast, we're going to have uh, actually a couple different series on just getting to know the uh, the guys behind you don't understand business a little bit better. So, uh, and why we think that's a fitting name for the podcast, I guess, a little bit. But uh, sure. want to just thank everybody, I guess, first. We've gotten a lot of interest in the podcast, and, um, you know, we're very excited. We don't have our patron wall quite ready yet. We're a few, maybe a month or two out. We're going to have some exciting stuff coming. We're going to have a um, couple different levels once we get that patron wall out. And uh, one of them on the higher end, uh, just going to get to learn a little more back behind the scenes and the partnerships and all the real good details are going to be behind that paywall. So uh, anyway, just want to give that little teaser out there. <laughs> so um, let's go back just a little bit, I guess, with you, Sean. Um, talk a little bit about your education or the drive to, you know, was the plan coming out of high school to own your own business or, you know, where? how did we get to there? Honestly, I... I don't know that I ever had a desire in high school or early college to own a business per se. Um, I had relatives who did own their own businesses. Uh, they yeah. were, you know, contractors. They were farmers. Uh, so they had, you know, they're they're independent operators, sure. you know, of some sort. Um, but I think what really kind of got me was in college. I started working in restaurants because I had to have a job, got to pay the bills, <laughs> right? right? right. Um, and so that was in the in the early '90s, and back then there was a lot more independent restaurants. And yep. at some point during my college education, I realized that I really enjoyed restaurants, and I thought that mm-hmm. that would be something that I could do for a career. So I left the university and started looking for a culinary school to go to instead. And back then, there was only a few. Um, right. So while I was doing that and figuring out where I wanted to go, I decided I needed to get more high-end culinary experience before I, I tackled that. And so I worked for a lot of independent restaurants that were, you know, family-owned or, right. you know, single-owner, chef-owned, um, that were really focused in on on the food, but also, you know, it's, an, it's a small independent business. Sure. And so I think that started me thinking about, being an entrepreneur for the first time, I'd just uh-huh. never really been exposed to that. And then in culinary school, that kind of continued uh, from there. And, and okay. you know, once you plant that seed, it just kind of, <laughs> sometimes it's dormant and it sits there for a while. And other times it, uh, it grows and expands at kind of a rapid pace. So. Right. <laughs> so you kind of got the taste for it there in college and then just kind of, yeah, planted the seed and how, how fast can it grow then? Now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and what you want to do, you sure. know, because there's a lot of, you know, I, I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh, I want to open a bakery. And I'm like, Matt, you really, you really don't want to open a bakery. I think I like, mentioned the word bakery just, once in front of you. Just because you can make a cake doesn't mean that, you know, it's you're going to be good at baking in mass. And you, you need to get used to getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, well, don't do that. I think it's either you, you or your wife put it best when it's like it's it's not really a Hallmark movie. No, you know, no. You're, not, you're not walking down to the farmers market for the three tomatoes to make 
uh, spaghetti sauce, for, right? For the two people. And, <laughs> and then, you know, getting in your BMW and driving home. Like, yeah, yeah that's probably not how that's <laughs> To the lake work. house, right? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there, there's definitely a reality to running, you know, any kind of business. Sure. You know, it's a, it is a far more than a full-time job. And, yeah. uh, and you have to be committed to it in order to, yeah. to make it successful. But... I think that as I went through and and worked for independent restaurants, the more I did it and the more I learned, the more I realized mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to be happy working for somebody else. I would prefer to do it for myself. Right. And and you know then you're the decision maker. Yeah. So yeah, or at least one of the main decision makers absolutely. in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And then when we have a decision nobody else wants to make, we're Sean, you're it. That's uh, uh, <laughs> That's fine. I, I don't have a problem doing that, but it's it's definitely um, it's a career path that I think people think about. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thinks that they want to open a business, right. but it's a it's a pretty small percentage of people that actually decide to go through with it. Yeah, um, and right. and most of those people, it's it's a mom and pop shop. You sure. know, it's sure. a it's a you know a one person operation, and they don't have you know payroll and taxes to deal with like. Right, you know some of the other businesses do. Well, because it's it takes action on that that vision or that dream. I mean, just because you had a dream to open a restaurant and you talked about it on, you know, Facebook or whatever social media platform you want to brag on, um, doesn't mean you're making it a reality, right? Correct. It takes the people on the floor and the team to bring that that vision, that reality to the table. Yeah, you know. And it's, there's a lot of sole proprietorships out there that it's, you know, it's a part-time gig or, yeah. you know, it's weekends when they have, you know, it's, it's a step up from a hobby, but it's not quite supporting, you know, that their, their livelihood. So they have a, a regular job or a part-time yes. job to help, yeah. you know, kind of see if they can make a go of it. So, yeah. it, but it's still, even at that takes a lot of time and commitment and effort on, on anybody's part to open up a business. So yeah. my hat's off to anybody who decides that they really want to take that on uh, because that it, it makes the economy work. Oh yeah. Right? Like, you know, we, we have a small restaurant in a, in a little town that yep. employs 30 people. Yeah. Right? And it's it's the main source of income for probably fifteen of those people. Yeah. So yeah. if we weren't there, I don't know what they'd do. Well, and it's a matter of um, now. We get too far off topic, but you know, talking about that, it's these the small towns or or even medium sized towns, whatever sizes, not having our buildings sitting empty. You know how because when you have those vacancies, it just tends to kind of spread, and it just oh nobody really wants to be here because why is there you know, all these vacant buildings or it's vacant strip mall. And that's why it's so important to fill those success breeds success. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. So, yep. so, uh, you leave the, the one university, uh, cause they haven't paid for uh, sponsorship <laughs> yet. So we're not going to give that out. Absolutely. <laughs> um, move on to the culinary school, uh, yeah. finish culinary school. Yep. And then what's after culinary school. So after culinary school, um, I had to do an internship to kind of finish that degree mm-hmm. up. And so the restaurant that I went to, um, they were a higher end fine dining place. And this was, <clears throat> you know, it, it was a little bit harder to locate a job because my culinary school was in Arizona. Okay. And so okay. we were planning on moving back to Indiana at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I had to find something in Indianapolis that kind of fit the bill. Mm-hmm. And the place that I found was a higher end independent restaurant that the chef was looking for somebody. Okay. And that was, 
kind of my foot in the door to start managing independent restaurants and doing, um, you know, some additional duties that I hadn't done before. So okay. ordering and inventory sure. and, you know, exposure to a, a profit and loss statement and, you know, your, your accounting things yep. that, that I yep. really had some basic knowledge of, but didn't really have a, a good grounding and understanding in at that time. Part, parts of the business that I think is interesting when you talk about ordering and inventory is uh, when we're interviewing some of these people and they go, no, I'm, I'm only a chef. I don't, I don't do any of this. I don't do that. I don't take out trash. I don't, well, you don't work here either. So <laughs> have a nice day. Uh, cause it's, it's it, more than that, right? Yeah. And, and I think restaurants are difficult for a lot of people <clears throat> because the inventory is perishable. Sure. And you don't know, you know, there's certain businesses where you're going to put in your order for your product after you receive the order from your client, right? Yeah, like right. somebody comes to you, they order a hundred t-shirts and then you yep. put in the order for the t-shirts and you'll call them when it's ready. Exactly. Yep. We have to have inventory on hand because we, we don't know what they're going to Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you, you can't get out ahead of yourself because you'll end up with spoilage and, and it'll cost right. you a lot of money. So being able to balance that is is challenging and difficult, and it takes a long time to learn how to do that properly. It, yeah, and I think that's one of the things what, um, talking about our patron page coming up, those are the kind of things that we're going to go a little deeper into. How do you deal with that, whether it's a restaurant, a T-shirt business, a hardware store, a real estate firm, um, helping with those efficiencies, the profit leaks. That's uh, our my, my business coach, uh, one of her famous words is, where's those profit leaks at, you know? It's a big deal. Yeah. Because it can mean the difference between making money and losing money. Right, because, so. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, most businesses out there, after you've paid all your expenses and, you know, everybody's gotten their salary and stuff, if you're pulling down 10 15%, that's really good for some businesses, you know? Um, in, in restaurants, it's like five. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to hurt too many b people's feelings on but, their dream. But that's just the uh, yeah. yeah. All those all those future restaurateurs. It's it's yeah. not what you think it is. There's a lot of bubbles just burst right there. They're going uh, five five percent. Like <laughs> I can't even go on vacation. You're crushing it. Crushing it. Um, but it's it does take some time. And so yeah. starting off in a in a larger independent restaurant, I just had more exposure to more things, and mm -hmm. so that was nice. Um, sure. Not just food products, but but different aspects of the business that I hadn't been privy to before. Right, right. And so how long were you there then? So I, I actually worked for that particular restaurant uh, three times. Uh, so the first time I worked there for okay. about two years. Okay. And my wife got transferred, so we moved to Memphis, Tennessee. And I worked <laughs> in a... Uh, uh, a uh, small liberal arts college down there. I did. I was okay. in charge of the food service at the college. So that was a, that was actually a pretty interesting gig. I'd never right. done institutional things like that before. So it was, it was fun to learn. And sure. I was involved in in some of the contract negotiations with the school. Okay. Because we were, um, we were contracted in, for right. the school. So you know, being in the room to listen to the contract negotiations between the food service provider and the college and. Mm -hmm kind of the mm -hmm. give and take of what they wanted and what we were going to bring to the table. And um, kind of as an institutional uh, contract, it was very interesting because it was very different from a restaurant. Okay. And, you know, they had a, a certain number of, you know, you've got students on a meal plan, and mm -hmm. whether they eat the meal or not, they're right. still going to pay for it. Right. So deciding how much you were going to charge those kids – 
how many people were going to show up for each meal. So you could kind sure. of figure out what your usage patterns were going to look like and, and how much profit you were going to make. Very interesting and very different <laughs> from a restaurant. I'm, some similarities, but definitely differences. Because at that point, you're, you're pretty much pre-sold. <clears throat> you know there's a thousand tickets bought, say, for better lack of terms, at the end of the day. But there may only be 750 rede- redeemed. Right. You know, and so you know, kind of <clears throat> what we could offer to the students as as food options, mm-hmm. based on how many people were going to actually come in and eat those food options. Sure, because we could offer nicer stuff if less people were actually going to show up for that meal because you had we've more already budget. got the money for it. Yeah. So it it was a very interesting um, experience going going that route. Um, and then we we moved back to Indiana, and I went back to that restaurant, and uh-huh. I worked there for another probably four years. Okay. And then I left to go operate a couple of other independent restaurants. I started mm-hmm. my own deli, and that takes us to about uh, the financial crisis, let's say, like 2007, <laughs> 2008. Right, right. Rough time to open up a restaurant, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, but it was it was also kind of a learning experience in the fact that we opened that restaurant prior to the the housing market right. collapse. Okay. And so we had a lot of really good clients mm-hmm. and it was it was interesting from an outside looking in kind of perspective. Sure. Not at the time, but my wife likes to call it uh paying for a uh <laughs> a master's degree in uh business uh by opening up a business and then <laughs> right. you know, having to having to struggle a little bit. And oh, sure. so we we did have an exit strategy for that business, um, and we were able to, once the sales kind of dried up a little bit, go ahead and, and utilize that exit strategy and get out of, of the lease that we were in. Right. So we ended up better off than a lot of other sure. people in, during that time period, but it was definitely, it was interesting because I, we still had the same clientele coming in. It was a sandwich shop, mm-hmm. but as the housing market really kicked in and people kind of were worried about losing their jobs or did right. lose their jobs or were going to part-time instead of full-time. You know, those people that were coming in and eating four or five times a week, they still came in, but now they're down to like one or two times a week. And right. maybe they're getting just a sandwich instead of getting two or three sandwiches. <laughs> and so, and you know, it, was, it wasn't it was that they didn't want to support you. It was that they, they didn't support you at the same level. Right. And they couldn't afford to. Exactly. I mean, and, amounts you know, it was no harm, no foul. It, you know, there right. was an awful lot of people that had some trouble during that time. So, yeah. um, but that was uh, definitely a, an interesting experience for, for us. Right. And I'm sure that there's some other listeners that had some similar interesting stories during that time period. Oh, yeah. I know um, I've got a similar story for my interview. So... Although um, I I do have to uh, comment, if you want to share the story again, you've shared it briefly. How that deli ended up, like uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's a good it, story. It actually uh, the the people we sold it to, um, they they had some struggles uh-huh. a little bit, and they ended up trying to uh, set the store on fire and. <laughs> Um, the person that they had setting the fire ended up burning themselves in the process, and so that was that was how they got caught. caught. So uh, that was uh, that was kind of a sad deal, just because you know we we actually built that store, and right. so you know you've got a lot of like energy Sweat. and money and and yeah. and 
you you hate to see something like that happen, but right, just is what it is, you know. And and people get desperate, you yeah. know, and and can't see a way out, you know. And so I I don't necessarily blame them per se, but it it was just a sad footnote right. to the story. Yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> it, it. Never ceases to amaze me what we find our you know other people doing or trying to do to you know, take the easy road, right? Because there was definitely plenty of outs for that individual yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that it they just, could have they could yeah. have found a different way to go about it. Yeah. Um, but that that was the way that they chose. <laughs> and, you know, you, you you don't want to see anybody get hurt or, you know, they, I mean, at the end of it, there's generally a different way to go about right. it. Maybe they hadn't watched enough uh, CSI shows <laughs> to get it fully figured out. Yeah, he, uh, he, he got... I, from what I understand, it was a it was a fairly bad burn. So um, yeah, you, if you're going to commit arson, you should you should maybe think about it a little bit harder yeah, than he yeah. did. Use the uh, library computer to do the YouTube research. Yeah, absolutely. On as well. Make sure you get your face on camera while you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Um, so <laughs> after we sold that business, I actually went back to the same restaurant that I had been at because okay. it's a big restaurant. They're always needing people, and right. so I stayed there for about ten years. Okay. Um, and went from management, you know, as a chef up to a general manager Mm -hmm. when I left. Um, And it's a large restaurant. It employs an awful lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I left there to go start a barbecue restaurant. And, you know, it it was a big change, but, you know, it it was time to go do something else. And that turned out to be the impetus for a lot of other things. Sure. And so... You know, one thing led to another, and now we have a steakhouse, and you know, here we sit doing this podcast. But <laughs> it's it's interesting, especially <clears throat> once you once you put your toe in that entrepreneurial water, and you you really get started in it, right. that you end up meeting people who bring you other opportunities, and yeah. so you have to be paying attention all the time to who those people are and and what they might be wanting to do and how that you know, might work with what sure. you're wanting to do. And, and sometimes you're going in the same direction and sometimes you're not. But uh, if you're going in the same direction, you can definitely help each other get there faster. If oh, yeah. If you're helping move the boat along. When it's uh, relationship building, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I just spent uh, this past weekend, I was at a hardware convention down at Tennessee. And it was intriguing because... Um, to watch the different people there and the different people involved, you could tell a lot of people were just like, they're there because they had to be there. They didn't want to be there. They wanted to be out of there. And we go down to spend those two, we have essentially two days that we're doing a lot of purchasing, talking to different vendor reps and building those relationships. And one of the booths that was, let's say, less than involved, (laughs) they were more worried about Facebook or something on their phone. Um, you know, we had an $80,000 order for them and we couldn't get them to like work with us. They were just like, nope, here it is. This is what it is. And we actually went over to two other booths that had gloves that were vendors there. Um, matter of fact, uh, oddly enough, one of them is interested in being a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, cause always be selling, right? You know, yep, absolutely. So, um, so I go to these other two booths. Uh, they both were much more engaged and we landed on the third booth that we actually didn't think we were going to be able to land on. It's an ultra premium glove. And that's why we didn't think we were going to be able to do the deal with this glove company because 
it's the ultra premium, you know, versus the cheaper glove. And turns out we got the ultra premium glove at a lot better price. Um, and we had better engagement. We have better production times, better, just everything about it went so much better, but that rep was engaged. He was there to build a relationship, not just sell us that one order, you know, um, because it kind of, it kind of spurred off further than at that point and turned into, um, we, they were not a partner with the distribution company that we work with as far as they're a partner with them, but there's, um, they weren't in the warehouse yet, I guess was the best way to put it. And that's a big deal to get into the warehouse because it's easier to reorder. Sure. And, uh, and that, that deal all came to fruition because everybody involved wanted to be there. They wanted to be involved. They wanted to work this out and got it done. And, and I'm extremely excited where this partnership's going to go down the road here. So, but you if know. you hadn't checked out the other tables and talked to some other people, you might have missed out on that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so can't. it's it's always interesting, you know, just building relationships or knowing when to go seek a different relationship because this one isn't working. Right. Right. Um, are are definitely key elements that that we deal with quite a bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we were we were at Zubilation, you know, and, and some of the conversations, we had a lot of great conversation there, a lot of good people there. Um, and some people I knew, some I didn't. And, you know, I walk away from one really good conversation. We traded business cards. I didn't really look at the business card. He's like, well, here's my contact information. And, you know, it turns out it's, you know, it's elected official that's actually, you know, a really good guy, you know, and we just hit it off. So who knows what that, opportunities because i know the businesses he owns too you know and and it yeah that's how you that's how you meet people and make connections and and grow into something else yeah Uh, especially having a restaurant is interesting because people always want to come in and yeah it's a it's a nexus point for us it seems like of like meeting people that are not not really food related restaurant related people but yes just business people that are coming in to entertain clients or you know, just, just to get out and you're talking to that person and all of a sudden, you know, you realize that you do have a connection or you're, oh, yeah. you're doing something similar. So yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> always fun. You never know who you're going to bump into. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh. it helps having the right kind of restaurant that people want to come to. Yeah. And yeah, well, and, and entertain clients and, yes. you know, yeah. and bring people in for those kinds of meetings. So yeah. Um, we we enjoy that part of it too. You're not bragging about the uh, the fast food joint that's serving uh, burgers on a bun, kind of. You and, know, I mean they they have their works. place too, but you don't you, you're not necessarily going to entertain your clients going into a, a McDonald's, right? right? I, I hope not. <laughs> you know, I mean maybe if your client really likes McDonald's, that's where you're going. That, but, that's uh, true. In general, I'm saying yeah. probably not. So. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that wraps up this week's episode. We like to keep our episodes right around that 20 to 30 minute uh, time frame because we know most of our listeners are busy with their schedules and keep those uh, short. Join us next week as we hear more from Sean as he furthers on his entrepreneurship um, journey with the deli business that he was involved in that he had uh, started up and got going. There's a a uh, funny story about that deli in there uh, for you to enjoy and just kind of some of the things that Sean learns throughout 
ownership and and over this uh, 20, 30 year uh, experience of owning and operating uh, different businesses, restaurants and things of that nature and things that he learned that, that nobody teaches us about in this world as as entrepreneurs a lot of times we we learn by the school of hard knocks and uh, so join us next week with hey you don't understand business <laughs>